0: What's up, sports fans, and welcome to another episode of Football Fanatics here on the Final Timeout Sports. I am Forbes, joined by my co-host Fernando Doctors here for episode five of Football Fanatics. We're gonna be talking about the NFC East: the Eagles, Cowboys, Commanders, and Giants. Um, arguably, be one of the the least competitive divisions in the, <laughs> the NFC, but well, uh,
1: competitive amongst themselves. Amongst I'd themselves, yeah.
0: yeah. Nando, I'll just kick it off right over to you. How do you think this division is gonna shake up?
1: Yeah, I mean, I like don't watch. I don't enjoy watching uh, this division, to be honest. Um, but you know what? I think it's gonna be a bit more competitive. Uh, I think the Dallas Cowboys are gonna top this uh, division yet again. Uh, will they have twelve wins? Absolutely not. Um, I have them coming ten and seven, winning the division. Followed by the Eagles, obviously, at nine and eight. I think it's gonna go down to the, to the wire with these two. And the Giants um, coming in last six and eleven, um, and the Commanders seven and ten. Um, before I get over to you, Forbes, um, have you been hearing the stuff about the Giants um, and uh, betters? Basically, I think the second most amount of money to win this division is in the name of the Giants, which is just like laughable. It's like, why are people throwing away money? It's yeah. the same thing with the with the Jets, I guess, taking or raking in more money than the Patriots.
0: Yeah, I guess when some betters just see something that's like plus five thousand, they're just gonna toss money on it, even if it's the same thing. as just throwing your money directly in the garbage disposal. I yeah, mean, this is unbelievable. This is, <laughs> this is gonna be another fully rebuilding year for the Giants. I don't think, I don't think even Giants fans are delusional enough, delusional enough to think that uh, they're gonna come out on top of this division. I, I agree with the bottom half, top half. I, I got it flipped with. The Eagles coming in first and the Cowboys in second, uh, and those records flipped as well. Eagles coming 10 and 7, with the Cowboys going 9 and 8. You know, I I say this almost every year because I feel like it's said almost every single year that this is going to be the, the Cowboys' year. Um, they, they always have so much talent, so many guys on their roster, and they underperform or drop the important games every single year. Um, I mean,. I'm blanking on the stat that they haven't had a, a playoff win since, like, um, 2000, like, or no, I think it's it's been before the 2000s. The closest they came was uh, at Tony Romo game when he he dropped the extra <laughs> oh, points. Right. Yeah, he uh, dropped the... When the, he was the holder, Yeah, right? so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, first of all, uh, Zeke is, this is his last year uh, on the Cowboys. I think he gets released... Uh, Ever since he, you know, kind of held the Cowboys hostage with that um, holdout, he's just gotten worse and worse. Um, Last year, he averaged 59 yards per game, and with one of the best offensive lines in the game, you should be rushing a lot better, or rushing for a lot more yards than that. Um, And at one point during last season, the the Cowboys were going with Tony Pollard more than Zeke, um, and he was having a lot more success. So I think... Zeke is definitely overhyped and, and going to be a bust on, And if you want to talk about fantasy and just the league this year. Um, Dak, you know, I, I kind of similarly, I, I feel like Dak is overrated. Um, I've, I've seen him as high as like a top five quarterback in the league, which I think is laughable. Um, he's maybe cusp of, of top 12, top 10, um, but... He's. I'll go back to some, kind of some of the stuff that I was saying last week is just, he's not that guy, you know, he's a, oh, he's, they've had playoff games when he's needed to do things and he hasn't. Um, so they also lost uh, Amari Cooper, traded him to the Browns. Yeah. CD definitely, you know, a, a great wide receiver one, but um, you know, they're not, other than that, they don't have, I would say a great offense. Um, it's even with, you know, they've, tied for the 31st easiest schedule in the NFL with the, the commanders. I think uh, every team in this division is, like, bottom bottom four for the uh, um, easiest schedules in the league because this is the worst division in the league. Um, <laughs> so, you know, their, their offense, I think, is going to be struggling um, even with CD. I mean, he had 1,000-plus yards last year, but I have no faith in Mike McCarthy either. Um, he's, I, I feel like he's, like, just a mess of a human being. Uh, oh, I like come it. on. Dude, He's <laughs> hasn't had any success with talented rosters when the expected, like... It's true. He's done the it's bare true. minimum with rosters that, like, should have gone maybe deep playoff runs. I mean, um, so there's all of that. And then, I mean, go to the other side of the ball... I think they're. I mean, they 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 have a great defense overall. Uh, Micah Parsons, best young linebacker in the league right now, um, alongside Leighton Vander Esch. When he can stay healthy, that core is is really strong. Um, obviously, they have Demarcus Lawrence on that D line. Um, but one thing I will say is that Trayvon Diggs, yeah, he's one of the better, you know, young corners in the league, but. I'll repeat what I think a lot of analysts have said as well, that I think he's over-aggressive, and he jumps uh, he jumps routes trying to get a pick-six a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he's led the the league in picks, and I think pick-sixes last year and last two years maybe. But uh, you look back at, like, their game against the Pats last year. So I think it was either first or second quarter. Um, Diggs had uh, a 42-yard pick-six. Then... Two minutes left, uh, Pats used a double move uh, and Diggs bit on the double move and that's when the, the Pats scored that 75-yard touchdown yeah. um, to score with two minutes left. So I think that's going to get him into trouble because people are going to be able to just hone in on that and take advantage of that like the Pats did in that situation. So um, I think that is something that will be a little bit of a problem. Um, and then... You know, I, I do think that Dan Quinn, former Falcons head coach, while he is the uh, architect of our greatest uh, comeback and the greatest <laughs> blown game in the, in the history uh, of the Super Bowl in the past um, Falcons Super Bowl 51, he is a really good defensive coach, I think. He was able to get a really good defense overall last year. So um, We've
1: referenced that game twice now back to back. <laughs> He's got a lot of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, we haven't had that much success as of late. We kind of gotta, but I don't know. I I just the Cowboys are always that team that I, they they remind me of USC in college football every year. USC is like this is our year. We're gonna win. I remember they were saying that. I think it was twenty sixteen. They opened up against Alabama and lost fifty to six. Mm-hmm. So that's that is those are like the Cowboys in a nutshell for me. Um, and then on the other hand, Eagles. Had a great offseason. Um, Jalen Hurts, you know, they they had a great season last year that they definitely fans weren't expecting. Um, that was it. I think they were nine and seven. Made the playoffs. You know, granted they got bounced first round. Nine and eight. Yeah. Um, nine and eight. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot the, uh, <laughs> the, extra, the extra game. game yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, Eagles went nine and two against non playoff teams, and then zero and six against playoff teams and then uh, ultimately got bounced by the Bucks in the first round of the playoffs. Um, Jalen Hurts looked pretty bad um, in that game, but I think it was important to him and Devontae Smith some playoff experience. Um, you know, this is now going to be he and Nick Siriano's uh, second season together, um, being full starters and everything. Um, I Jalen Hurts is definitely a legit QB1. Definitely wouldn't put him, you know, top 10 in the league or anything, maybe not even... Top twelve, fourteen, but I'd say he's with the weapons that he now has around him. He, they have the ability to, to win this division. Um, and then just looking at their off season moves, so they traded for AJ Brown um, from the Titans, gave up uh, a draft pick that I think was used to, to take Chris Olave, the receiver from uh, OSU. So I mean, I kind of I'll take AJ Brown over Chris Olave, so that's kind of win that trade. Um, they drafted. D lineman Jordan Davis out of uh, Georgia. He's he's just an insane human. Uh, <laughs> he's 340 pounds, and he ran a four seven eight uh, 40 oh, yard wow. dash. That's crazy. Um, first team All SEC, unanimous All American, uh, and Chuck Bednarik uh, Award winner, which is given to the best defensive player uh, in all of college football. So he won that over Kyle Hamilton, um, all the rest of those guys in the draft. Um, so that was during you know their title run. Uh, last year at Georgia. They also drafted uh, Nicobe Dean, who I think is probably the second best uh, linebacker in the draft. I believe he had shoulder surgery in the offseason, and his his durability has been questioned a bit. But um, I think if he's good to go at the start of the season, which uh, that's what reports are indicating, um, he'll be a great addition there. They get Brandon Graham back, who missed all but two games last year with a ruptured Achilles. Granted, that's a pretty hard injury to come back from, especially big defensive end. Um, you know, he's fairly old, been in the league since 2010, So, uh, but if he can come back, that's another big addition to um, their D-line. Uh, they also added James Bradbury in the offseason, which is massive. They needed, yeah, they needed some secondary help, um, which I, it's also kind of insane that uh, the Giants are, are paying him uh, this upcoming season $11 million in dead cap money. And Eagles are paying him $10 million to play for their team. So the, the <laughs> Giants are just paying him more money to play for a division rival. Um, on top of that, Dallas Goddard um, is turning into one of the better tight ends in the league. He's a real good outlet for Jalen Hurts. Uh, they signed Zach Pascal in the offseason. He's a good you know, veteran receiver to have in that, um, that young receiving room. Um, and they also got Jason Kelsey. Um, and Cam Jurgens out of Nebraska in the second round whenever that's this year or next year. So I think the Eagles have all the pieces to, to execute in this division. I don't see that translating to much success when it comes to the playoffs and, you know, elsewhere in the league. But um, I don't, you know, I think this is kind of the first year the Cowboys are really exposed. It's just not being able to put it all together. And Mike McCarthy's really, I think this will probably be his last, last season in, in Dallas.
1: No, I mean, like you said, I don't have high expectations for either the Cowboys or the Eagles to do anything serious uh, when it comes postseason time. <clears throat> but, I mean, I'm going to give a slight edge again to the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, the biggest questions are definitely going to be, like, can this team close games out? You know, will Mike McCarthy make better, you know, in-game adjustments that could see their team now? Will he you know? make any in-game adjustments? <laughs> yeah, I mean... And, you know, Dan Quinn, like you said, the former head coach, the Falcons, is their defensive coordinator. You know, um, he can maybe, you know, sneak into that head coaching position mm-hmm. if all, you know, goes to shit again. Um, <laughs> but, like, the Cowboys definitely need to win a playoff game. I think that is the expectation from the Cowboys at this point. Otherwise, there are going to be some uh, major changes, you know, within that uh, within the franchise. Um, But you know what? I like the odds at plus 115 for the Cowboys. You know, they had 12 wins last season, despite, you know, not getting to anything serious in the postseason. I mean, they've got tools. Obviously, they dished Amari Cooper. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, they do have C.D. Lamb. You know, if he can minimize some of those drops, I think he can really, you know, even take his game to the next level as he's going to be that number one guy. Um, You know, Michael Gallup is pretty good, too, you know. Zeke, people are saying that he's fitter. Let's see Let's see if he can, you know, do more. I mean, yeah, I hear you on the Zeke, you know, not really performing to the expectations. But, like, again, he's still in a 1,000-yard rusher. He's going to have to be a critical uh, component of this team. I mean, they have Tony Pollard, who I think is also um, a pretty talented player. Um, Don Schultz, tight end. Yeah. That'll be huge for them. You know, and they also went and got a wide receiver in the third round from South Alabama in uh, Jalen Tolbert. Um, You know, I think they do have a good defense. I like your – I mean, I would agree with your point on uh, Trayvon Diggs, but I think there's – I think he's got a lot to make those sort of improvements. You know, he did lead the league um, in interceptions and pick sixes, like you mentioned. Um, but then again, he was giving. I think he was the third receivers had. I think third most success against Trayvon Diggs. Um, I think he gave up more or less like over seven hundred yards receiving, yeah. which is, you know, just not your that number great. one
0: corner. It's yeah,
1: tough. it's 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 tough. But you know what, he does. You know, jump, jump the gun a bit. But you know that does lead to some picks. But I think. The question here really is for me Forbes, it's like the wide receiver, uh, wide receiver, sorry, um the quarterback comparison here. I know you I know you don't rate Dak that high, but I mean like what are we what are we getting from Jalen Hurts to be honest? And I think that he's got he's he definitely has the tools, you know. He already had DeVonta Smith, who was a rookie last season, you know. I always think I always think when you're going into your second second year, there's always that room for that big jump. Mm-hmm. Um across the board and obviously they added A.J. Brown to the receiving core and he's just a freaking beast so uh, can't wait to see some link up there but you know what is it gonna be like will Jalen Hurts be consistent you know can he be a star quarterback in this league I think the answer to that is definitely yes but like has he proven it absolutely not um but I mean I think their defense is beyond solid. I Mm -hmm. think you you already mentioned the uh, James Bradbury situation. You know, you can thank the Giants there. (laughs) Um, But, like, he's definitely the the guy for, you know, the number two boundary DB. Um, It's going to be big for them because I think that Avante Maddox struggled a bit, and now you can slide him um, at the slot where he could definitely – Definitely show improvement from last year, um, but I think regardless, it will be, it will be a true competition, and it's going to come down to the wire um, with these two teams. You know, meeting in week sixteen. I I don't see either team um, at the end of the day. You know, eclipsing ten wins. Um, I think it's going to be competitive, um, and I think they're going to get some free wins from their you know fellow fellow teams in the Commanders and the Giants.
0: Yeah, and. Yeah, it'll definitely come down to quarterbacks there um, to some extent. Um, and, I would, yeah, I, I would agree and say that Dak's the better quarterback right now. I will say that right now uh, Jalen's got the better pieces around him. Um, and, you know, I completely forgot to even mention Miles Sanders in the backfield. Um, so I think, yeah, he might not make all the plays that are necessary. He's definitely has, still has a lot of growing to do. Um, but that hopefully some of those guys around him on the offense can kind of shoulder some of that weight. And then, yeah, like we said, you know, that defense is, I think, going to be pretty spectacular. Um, and then bottom half of the league, yeah, we kind of both agreed that the uh, the Washington Commanders and uh, the Giants are, are coming out on the bottom. I mean, Commanders, they re-signed um, Terry McLaurin to three-year deal which is um really big for them they have one of the easiest schedules in the league um you know they're going up obviously against their own kind of struggling division and then the afc south which we mentioned last week as being um the worst division in the afc um so they also have uh, curtis samuel solid another uh wide receiver um you know can add value opposite of McLaurin. so that's really important got antonio gibson to rush for over 1800 yards last season um, nearly carried the ball, you know, 260 times. Um, so, you know, they've got a lot of pieces definitely around there on that offense. But, you know, the the commander in chief is <laughs> is missing. They, you know, um, they got they traded for Carson Wentz, who we've talked about as being just a wildly inconsistent quarterback um, and just failed to win a game last season down the stretch. To send the Colts to the playoffs when he had you know ample opportunities, uh, backup Taylor Hennecke, guy who you know stepped up when they needed him to, um, had a had a pretty good, uh, solid last year and then you know 2020 he had that pretty gutsy uh, game against the Bucks in the, the first round of the playoffs, uh, that like Superman dive to the pylon. Uh, and then they they drafted you know they still end up losing but it was a gutsy performance Um, and then they ended up drafting Sam Howell out of UNC I don't think he's the long term answer Um, he struggled last year at UNC when uh, he was a Heisman favorite coming into the season so um, he definitely also has a lot uh, of growing to do uh, and you know won't be ready to kind of step in and contribute for a little bit in my opinion so That's the biggest thing, the fact that, you know, they don't really have anyone to to lead their offense fully um, with all the pieces that they may have around them. Um, You look at the other side of the ball, um, they, you know, their defense definitely trying to recover. um, After Chase Young tore his ACL, you know, Mm -hmm. he wasn't having a great season to start with. Um, He only had a sack and a half in nine games. Um, before he tore his ACL. But, you know, at the end of the day, still number two overall pick from a couple years ago and a guy that definitely is going to make an impact when he comes back but might not be ready for week one, which is definitely tough for their defense because obviously they want him to make immediate impact once he's healthy. Um, it's not necessarily cause for concern just yet. Um, Ron Rivera said... Uh, they're just taking it slow with him um if he's not off the the pup list so physically and unable, unable to play list by about mid-august then it might be uh, time to worry a little bit but on top of that you know their defense is pretty solid when you add chase young back um you'd add to darren payne jonathan allen and montez sweat which is pretty solid defensive front um their secondary is definitely vulnerable and will need to step up um they struggled early in the season last year, and then we're kind of starting to make some more progress in the second half of the season. And then um, the Chase Young injury kind of derailed their uh, cohesion as a, as a defensive unit. But hopefully, they've kind of had some some time this off season to, to work together more. Um, but yeah, they're going to struggle, um, in my opinion. Not not as much as as the New York Giants. But before I get it, before I get into them, uh, l- let me know what you think about the Commanders this season.
1: Uh, not a whole lot to add, Forbes. Um, you know, they landed Carson Wentz at QB. He's probably going to be the guy um, leading them. You know, we, we've we had our, you know, fair share of criticism on on our boy Carson Wentz. But, like, if we put it into perspective, like, this guy was top 10 uh, in the league with QBR, um, you know, tied for third in picks with seven, and you know threw for 3,500 yards and 27 touchdowns. So, you know what? He's, like... He's technically, you know, better than average. Um, he's definitely not the worst uh, quarterback in in this division either. You know, they're going to need Antonio Gibson to step up big. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a big part of their offense, along with Terry, you know, scary Terry McLaurin. <laughs> I, I really love watching this guy play. Um, I think he's awesome. Hopefully him and Carson Wentz can get a good connection, uh, along with Curtis Samuel, who's who's also a talented wide receiver. Um, Logan Thomas, injured. I'm, yeah, yeah. Hurt his knee, right? He's going to be on the pop list. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, their defense is, it is what it is. This team is definitely not postseason bound. Um, but, yeah, I do see them, you know, perhaps winning six, seven games and definitely coming third in this division. Um, well, I guess to segue to the Giants now. Um,
0: yeah, you're going to hit the uh, the over or under on wins for the Giants. I mean, the Giants, I think it's like seven wins. <laughs> it's seven for the Giants. Which it's, is it's the CVS projection. Which is absurd.
1: Under- like whatever. So I'm gonna say with uh full confidence that uh we're riding the under here. Yeah um, <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> you know, I do have them winning six games, an improvement for the from the four, sorry, that they won last year, but you know, their schedule is definitely easier. And, you know, they they're getting some guys back who were who were injured. Um I think they could be, you know, a little bit more competitive for sure. Um, but you know what, you have to, you have to look at the key pieces here. You know, you need Saquon to be, you know, the dog that he is. Um, hopefully, you know, he's returning from injury. So you never know with that kind of knee injury, uh, what kind of return you're going to see from him, but he's more than capable of being that, that absolute specimen, um, that we've seen him, yeah. you know, produce, especially after his first year in New York, um, But you know what? You got to look at guys like Kenny Galladay. Mm -hmm. Like, can this dude, like, have a bounce back year? You know, he's he's struggled a bit. I think two seasons ago, he didn't play much. Um, But, like, this past season, I don't think he, like, eclipsed 600 yards and he played 14 games. Yeah. You know, like, that's, you know, he had a good little uh, chemistry in Detroit with Matt Stafford. Like, can he be that deep option, you know, that's super effective and can open, you know, secondaries up, you know? Um, so he's going to need to, he's going to need to step up, no doubt. Um, but Kadarius Toney, for me, uh, the second year, former first round pick for the Giants out of Florida. I think that dude's awesome, to be honest. Like, I I wish the Pats had him. Um, he's always trying to get that extra yard, um, after, you know, he's made a catch. Um, you know, he's got pretty good feet, um, you know, trying to make defenders miss, um, So he definitely has the ability to be that top receiver for this Giants, this Giants offense that also has Sterling Mm Shepard, who you know isn't isn't you know a Pro Bowler by any means of the word, Um, title rather, but you know he's he's definitely talented in his own right. Um, So you know what, like it's 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 gonna be tough though because Daniel Jones, you know, to quote uh, Forbes himself uh, he's just not that guy. Like he's just, he's not that guy. To be honest, I really do see him leaving, uh, New York after the season. I think the, the Giants, well, you know, if, if I were at least, you know, their front office, I would, I would look for other options after this season. I mean, the dude was uh it was he just was a waste of a pick. when did they take him? Sixth overall a few yeah. years ago. Yeah, that was that was uh that was not their best. Yeah uh to say to say the least. Um he's uh he's really a poor man's like Ryan Tannehill in my <laughs> opinion. Um and I hate to be that guy um who's hating on him, but like he like like what did he produce? Yeah, I think he threw for like no more than like twelve touchdowns. I think it was like ten touchdowns, seven interceptions last like, year. Like what is that? Yeah, it's just like come on. So I mean, Forbes, like, what's your take on this? You know, New York Giants team.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll start with uh, the, the negatives I got about him, which, <laughs> you know, I'll try and keep it as brief as I can. Um, you know, their new GM and new head coach, new GM Joe Schoen, uh, head coach Brian Dobble, um kind of a, an administrative reset for them uh, this season. I feel like they also kind of just should have a bit of a, a player roster reset as well. This is definitely a make or break season for both Daniel Jones and Saquon. Um, the uh, Daniel Jones, uh, his fifth op- fifth year option was not picked up by the Giants, um, so he's really going to need to impress, like he hasn't been able to do uh, in the past three seasons. You know, he, granted, he's had uh, different coaches and administrations, and um, you know. It's tough to be constantly learning new schemes and uh, new offenses when you're just trying to, you know, learn this league and, and get into it. But he still struggles to hold on to the ball. Struggles to be kind of a true leader for the team. So this season, he's going to have to learn another system. Um, and I, you know, I see him struggling again. And I, I don't see him uh, being a starter in the in the NFL after this season. You know, he'll, he'll be, I say, a career backup after this. Um, when it comes to, to Saquon, you know, after his, his pretty great rookie campaign, he's just struggled to stay on the field and, and have the same production even when he's on the field. So um, there's a bunch of speculation that he could have been dealt during this offseason, uh, that he might have been traded. But as of now, he's still on his on the roster in his fifth and final year of his rookie deal. So he's definitely going to need to show some of his rookie season star power if he wants to stay with the Giants. and who knows, he could just be happy with leaving and going to a team that might win. Um, so, you know, the, the, and then you, you brushed on this, which I think was uh, a really good point, the fact that they have a solid receiving core, but they just struggle to actually, like, meet expectations. You know, they, um, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Kadarius Toney, um, Darius Slayton, like, these are solid guys. Mm-hmm. But they just, whether it's, you know, them not even getting the ball to them from Daniel Jones or them struggling um, to produce. It's just their offense hasn't been, or their quarterback-wide receiver connections just haven't been there. Um, so, you know, I feel like that's kind of like a, a chicken-and-the-egg situation. They're both constantly hurting each other in a, in a cycle in terms of, <laughs> of Daniel Jones and the receivers. But so when you look at now maybe maybe a little light at the end of the tunnel – they're two top 10 picks this year. I think they nailed both of their picks. Um, Evan Neal, arguably the best O-lineman in the draft. He was an absolute wall backing, uh, blocking for Bama and SEC. So, you know, he's definitely blocking against the, the best guys in college football. So, you know, he's kind of battle tested and everything. Um, drafted Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, he started off as a, Kayvon started off as a potential number one overall pick, but then uh, dropped in, in favor of Hutchinson. So, he he dropped to uh, the Giants at five, and definitely he's going to try and help them uh, make an early impact on their defense. That they ranked twenty-first in the league last year, um, you know, going fourth and thirteen last year with ten double-digit losses, fifth worst QB pressure percentage in the league last year. So what's going to be the ba- the difference for them uh, is new defensive coordinator uh, Don Martindale. He's going to have a you know chance to try and turn this Giants defense around. Uh, been with the Ravens for the past couple of years. Um, you know, he—if you've seen the Ravens' defenses the past couple of years, you know they're aggressive. They stack guys in the box. Um, they, you know, make you run past them. Um, his defenses were uh, on the Ravens ranked first in 2018, fourth in 2019, seventh in 2020, and then uh, 25th in 2021 after you know pretty brutally injur- injury plague season by the Ravens. Um, you know, he, yeah, like I said, he puts a lot, of, a lot of guys in the box and on the line of scrimmage. So he's put, he puts a lot of pressure on the offenses, but that in turn puts a lot of pressure on your corners and, you know, kind of saw that last year when the Ravens had a couple corners go down um, and they kept this kind of very aggressive offense. Uh, you know, they were getting beat deep. They, they weren't getting the results that they were looking for. So having a really good secondary is essential if you, you know, you want this type of defense to be successful. Uh, which is not ideal given that, you know, the Giants just let James Bradbury go. They're still paying him $11 million. Um, so their number one corner is Adoree Jackson, who I think he played like two games last year uh, coming back from an injury. Um, and then their other starting quarterback is probably going to be their 2021 third-round pick, Aaron Robinson. So they need their, those corners to step up. I do Xavier McKinney, that uh, safety at of Bama, Um, He uh, took some solid steps past season um, to grow, and I think he's going to be even better this year. So there there are, you know, places to be excited or find hope in the Giants, but this next season is not going to have a lot of it. Um, You know, they're projected seven wins, which um, I I don't think there's a chance in hell that that happens. (laughs) Uh, I, I have them getting five wins at most. Um, You know, I don't think that they've had, like, a winning season um, past, or at least under Daniel Jones. They've been, you know, struggling for a while. So I think this is definitely going to be, you know, a big growth year for new players and coaching staff, test some of the veterans, see if, you know, they're worth holding on to. But, yeah, even with the the 29th easiest schedule in the league when uh, looking at 2021 records is not going to be enough for them to, you know, make a run in this division. Um, so yeah, they're going to struggle. I think that next year with that growth and, you know, having more of an established program with your new GM and new coach, um, new defensive coordinator, like that's going to be really big. Um, but for next year and the next couple years, and once they go out in the draft and probably grab a new quarterback. So that's about all we have for, for the NFC East. Um, join us for our, on our next episode. We're going to be breaking down the NFC West and our uh, reigning Super Bowl champs, the LA Rams. and thanks for stopping by.